and gentlemen, welcome to Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. What's happening everybody and welcome to this another episode of Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. I am your host, I am the champ that runs this camp. I am Steve yeah, Wilson. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Jealousy will get you nowhere, guys. I discussed this last week. And tonight we will be continuing our rundown to SummerSlam with the latest in our rebook, a pay-per-view series where we'll talk about SummerSlam 2016. Now I am joined on this day where the podcast reached 10,000 lessons. That's a better reaction. You should have had that when I said I was a champ. Hey. I am joined by a panel who watch WWE quite a lot. None more so than my first panelist. <laughs> he is a man who despises independent wrestling to such a level that he avoided ICW by buying a house. <laughs> it's David Hockney. It's good to be back, good to be back. And I am, I'd like to say I'm the very uh, proud owner of a new flat now. Yes, Dave is on the property market, so well done to Dave. Dave's house party, coming Dave, soon. Dave's house party coming Dave's soon, Ross knows man. what's going on. <laughs> where, they, where they serve caviar and champagne and that's oh, it. Yes. <laughs> oh yeah, only please, five, only five star quality at my gaff. Please send any billing inquiries to Dave Hockney. <laughs> and our next panellist is a man who hates beachwear, scoring goals at seven aside in Just Justice. <laughs> it's Ross McLeod. I was the target man, there's only so much I can do with Chris Geddes and my team. That's true. Chris Geddes, if you are listening, you suck. <laughs> you suck. No. Jeff Cobb. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You're Move not. on. Plenty. Move on. And rounding off the panel who had her own historic moment today when she got a correct order from Burger King. Yes! <laughs> it's Sarah Grief. Hi, everybody. How's it going all? Well, I was very, very happy I got a Burger King that was actually correct. I'm very unhappy. Because the athletics are in Glasgow and I had to walk an absolute trek to <laughs> get here. And I'm happy he's have a flat now. Oh, shut up, you. This is still about me. <laughs> just, just pipe down, Dave, alright? And um, we couldn't have a suplex retweet podcast without the only member of our team to have a move named after him by a professional wrestling tag team. Thank you very much. It's Kwaku, Ajay. What's up, what's up, what's Qu- up? Kwaku, explain the Kwaku driver to us briefly. Yes, so the Kwaku driver is a. Uh, Variation of the Ganzo bomb and a tombstone pill driver, where one person has a person in a tombstone position, the other team member then goes out for the hug and then they drive them down to the ground. So it's like the most deadly looking head drive ever. I, I couldn't believe it happened, but it is what it is and I love it. So. Dave, this move is not done by The Undertaker. No. I, I'm aware of that. Other people are allowed to I've seen the clip movie. on Twitter, I've, I've seen what it looks like. I'm surprised they didn't call you, Quacky. They said they were going to call you. I think I think what happened was because the, it was the beach pe- uh, beach party theme, they had shorts on and they couldn't fit the phone in the shorts or something. I Lewis was so unhappy so, with that. Because I mean, you can't exactly have your phone in your beach shorts when you're going swimming or whatever. Can I and point something out that was on Filth Life? What's that? It was Scott that pointed out to me. It's the clip from Discovery where they hit the Aptor burner and all you hear is your booming voice halfway across the arena. Aptor burner. <laughs> <laughs> So, yes, this is Suplex Retreat, and as I say, we are going to be talking about SummerSlam 2016, how we would book it differently. If you are new to the show, then where have you been since last year? Uh, Please add to our growing 10,000 listener number. We are on... Other things. Ah, oh, damn it. Uh, we're on iTunes, Spotify. We're on iTunes, Spotify. We're on iTunes, Spotify. 
Spotify, my god, that was terrible. iTunes, Spotify, and Anchor, yes, we are on, on Spotify now. And other Android apps. I was leaving that one to you, don't worry, I was seamless. See, you moan at me like, and Dave for micro-hosting, that could have helped there. You I, needed a hoster. We needed a hoster. I had a, I was too concerned with the Quacko driver. It's all, it's all I'm thinking of. Oh, uh, turned on up. <laughs> please also follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at Suplex Retweet. Right, let's go through the card now for a disclaimer for our listeners. We will not be talking about AJ Styles, John Cena, Finn Balor versus Seth Rollins, and Owens and Jericho versus Enzo and Cass because we thought we don't really need too much of a rebooking. We could have maybe talked about Enzo Cass tag match, but they could have cut that promo. Yeah, it maybe went on yeah. Far too long. Nah, Enzo Cass, Jericho, absolutely fine. So let's start off with the people who didn't make the main card, or they even didn't make their card together. Let's talk about the pre-show now. I'm listing off some names here for you. American Alpha. They were on it. They were on it. On the pre-show. Oh, yeah. yeah. All right. Okay. Listen, guys. Let me finish. We're it's, talking about it's them too. <laughs> American Alpha, The Usos, Neville, Sami Zayn, Cesaro, Sheamus. These guys all had one thing in common, and it was not they were on the main. They weren't on the main card. Dave. Yeah. If you were rebooking SummerSlam, would you have some of these guys on your main card? Uh, probably at least the the Usos and American Alpha for a start because, um, you know, the, the SmackDown Tag Team Championship match, I think, well, whilst that really had a sort of solid feud between New Day and Luke Gallows, the build-up was kind of questionable at best. Um, yeah, I think they're, they missed a trick with getting more tag teams involved, particularly uh, also the Hype Bros, the Fashion Police, the Ascension and the Vaudevillains were also uh, featured on the card as well. Uh, I'm okay with the Hype Bros, I'm okay with Ascension, uh, I'm but, not so happy about the, well, the Usos at the time, maybe, but American Alpha, no. Ross? Yeah, I, I think it was right to leave them on the pre-show, and I think it was right just to throw everybody in, because SmackDown got a lot of the NXT guys. But a lot of the unused guys when it first came to the, the draft and there was already so much on SummerSlam there was no need to currently add a tag title feud because the tag titles weren't around yet that that basically made Backlash a better pay-per-view for the simple fact that not everything has to be on the one pay-per-view so I think these 12 these twelve guys being on this show completely fine uh, I, I think we could probably give the benefit of the <laughs> doubt to this uh, tag team match but uh, uh-huh. uh, Sarah uh, Match one of the best of seven series between Cesaro and Sheamus. Uh, these two are meant to be getting built up as a big, massive, as I say, as the best of seven series, but they're on the pre-show. Should this have been on the main card to help hype things up? Probably. Your name's not Sarah. <laughs> Jeez, oh man. Dave's been back ten minutes. And I'm already causing havoc. David, um, does your new flat have the lake of reincarnation or water from it? It's got some water. Some? Get some water from the lake of reincarnation. Some please. water? Get your plumbing fixed, man. Moving so, back to Sarah. Sorry, Sarah. On you. Cesaro and Seamus. Well, I sit here patiently and be nice. <laughs> no, see, with the hype of obviously bringing this up to the best of seven series, like, they made such a big deal out of this. Like, the winner was supposed to get a title opportunity at the end of it. It's like, you two can't stand each other, but you're just as good at each other. We're going to find out who's better. Mm-hmm. That should not have been left on the pre-show, in my opinion. And I was at, like, that's probably like, the best show. Like, well, not even the best show, it's the best match on the pre-show. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely should have been left on the pre-show. Like, they should have, it could have opened the show. I wouldn't have said no to that even opening the show, but just the fact that they did make such a big deal. I mean, first of all, like, I, I will, like, rebook this right, right here and now that Cesaro should have won that. Yeah. He deserved it more than Sheamus, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, obviously, 
uh, if we look a bit forward to how the best of seven series ended, they ended up with them as a tag team, which they still are today. I'm not going to say no to that though, because I don't think we saw that coming. <laughs> well, but I'm actually getting along. Well, they didn't even get along to begin with when they made them a tag team. They just sort of ended up gelling. Mm-hmm. But we didn't actually think that was the direction that they were going to go. We thought it was just like we were going to literally fight out to the end and probably, you know, fight forever. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so they made them a tag team, which looking at it now, I'm not going to say no because I love the bar. I think they're hilarious. Yes. Something like I've heard, like, or seen, like, that I've heard backstage is that apparently Seamus is really good to work with. As an ultimate professional, can make mm, anything really work. He's a Triple H guy, if ever Mm -hmm. was a Triple H guy. He's one of Triple H's uh, best best guys to have on on the roster. He does suffer, though, as well. He's one of these people that, like a a Del Rio, a Dolph Ziggler, a Ryback, when they're in a storyline and they're invested, they're really, really good and they can play good characters. But when it's just like, here's Seamus, it's like, okay, right, what's he going to He's not like a a megastar that just pops out at you. He's got to be in a storyline, and when he is, he's really, really good. Yeah, it's like his uh, time in, on SmackDown 2011-2012, I think, you know, he was billed as the guy, mm-hmm. as, you know, he's been World Heavyweight Champion for so long. Uh, like the yeah. next sort of big Yeah, I think it. they tried to, I think they gave him a, a run, tried to be as the top guy, but it just didn't, it just didn't click really. Not that, nothing against him, because I think, you know, he's very talented in the ring, he cuts a half-decent mm-hmm. promo. The fans just weren't fully clicking to him as if they were with like, you know, say, Triple H, John yeah. Cena, you know, historic names. Historic! <laughs> for, for lack of a better word. Any, any excuse to use the word historic. Moving away historic. from... Moving away from historic, let's go to the leader of the Roscoe brand. Uh, <laughs> Ross, let's throw this third match and more two of the names on this one. Neville and Sami Zayn. Yeah. Why were these two on a tag team match on the pre-show against the Dudleys? And winning. Yeah. I guess, no, I guess the Dudleys, who at this point, I think it's fair to say, were very, very <coughs> stale, stale. On, on this run. They should have went to SmackDown, I think, in the draft at first because we talked about it earlier, the teams for SmackDown. Raw, get, uh, Raw was very top-heavy with its tag teams and you ended up with teams like the Dudley Boys and Gallows and Anderson after this pay-per-view being jobbers and they were stale, they were, they'd been jobbed out too much. It was just, it was, it was the beginning of the end, obviously we did see them retire the next night, but Sami Zayn and Neville, it went nowhere. Yeah, I mean Neville uh, disappeared until the until he, he, he became I, the king of the cruiserweights. Yes. Roadblock, that's what I was meant yeah. to say. Ro- it, it disappeared till Roadblock and Sami Zayn started jobbing to Jericho. There's a, a review from What Culture guy on this event who say it on this match. WWE never ever put Sami Zayn and Neville in the pre-show again, especially when the core show was full of so much mediocrity. <laughs> Yeah. See, judging by the fact I that's... think they missed the trick you know they could have gone forward with a Zayn Neville tag team I mean obviously you know it just came out of the blue but you mm-hmm. know obviously putting on the pre-show maybe they were just testing the water with them yeah. and getting a big victory over the Dudley boys you know they would put them straight on the map and I've seen you know I'm going to show my uh, my YouTube knowledge a bit here but there are um, obviously a series of gamers who do who play universe mode from the WWE 2K yeah, series Ross, and stuff Ross, Ross interviewed a gamer yeah, yes, but, Simon Miller currently available on Spotify Anchor iTunes and all good Android podcasting mm-hmm. series Yep, uh, but yeah, there's another series. Uh, they put um, Sami Zayn and Neville together in a tag team, and they called them Inzane Gravity. Inzane Gravity. <laughs> See, when like actually watching this match, I actually thoroughly enjoyed watching them two together because they're not the exact same style, mm. but there's still the fast-paced competitors that you see. Um, and obviously, like they were, they, they were both on like a very, very shameful losing streak, mm. like both of them individually for such a long time. 
I wouldn't have said no it, to put them together. Since Sammy Zayn not just won the feud with Kevin Owens like two months, about a month before No, this. It, it was the pay-per-view before. He won the feud and... They went nowhere. Ne- yeah, and <laughs> yeah. Neville, the SmackDown, the draft before Battleground, mm-hmm. was picked as one of the TV picks. He wasn't on the supplemented draft. He wasn't online. He was named on, was on air. Was the network one? Yeah. Uh, no, no, no. He was, he was no, like on the was broadcast. On, TV, yeah. Yeah. on the actual broadcast. I think he was picked like the third round. Mm-hmm. And it was... It's just what were they even doing? I can't even. I can't get my words to it. He still kind of questioned their booking of Neville to the point where he was right before he went on his absence that he's now won. He was he's, to lose cleanly to Enzo. Aha. Uh-huh. I mean, he suffered badly as well as a result. Mm. So I mean, but I think they really missed a trick on uh, creating a new tag team going forward here because again, like I said, big victory of the Dudley Boys. It's on the pre-show, testing the water. I, I thought they were. I thought that's what the what they were going for. So I think they they missed a trick. But in terms of the actual pre-show, I think. Do we all agree that the, the big tag match should have stayed here? Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah probably. Cesaro, Sheamus. That should have been on the main card. And with this match, it's kind of a mixed one on just the one side of the... It's kind of just, why was it there? It, mm-hmm. it, was, it didn't really make a lot of sense. Y- you look at the 12-man 12, the 12 tag, mm-hmm. no one's in the arena. It was like, earlier this year, we had three matches on the SummerSlam pre-show, mm-hmm. and no one was in the building for the Hardys and Jason Jordan v. The Mistarage. And it was... It was just pointless. Mm-hmm. It, so yeah, there was no need for the Dudley. Maybe it was just like a one last, like one last hurrah, one last, uh, one last nostalgia drop. Like let's milk this for all it's worth. Get them on SummerSlam, mm-hmm. and then once it's <laughs> once it's over, it's over. But yeah, yeah. Um, did um, Gallows and Anderson not basically retire them as well? Like a f- couple of weeks later, because they were signed on to a year long. Yeah, mm-hmm. year long. They were put on a year long contract because yeah. they returned the night after SummerSlam the previous year. Yeah, we'll talk about Anderson and Gallows a bit later on. <laughs> God, that's something I would love to. I would love to rebook. Uh, right, let's go on to the first match I want to talk about on the main card, and it's the one for the at the time just the. What's that one? Oh, sorry. Uh, no, no mate. <laughs> uh, the Rock. <laughs> it was just known as the Women's Championship match at this point in time, but then it became the, obviously the Raw Women title. It's between Charlotte and Sasha. Now, I'll go to Sarah on this one. Uh, Sarah, this was interesting, the fact that uh, we got a title change. I think that was one of the main things that was questionable about this mm-hmm. one, the fact that the title had just changed on the draft Raw, and yeah, it changed again. Uh, July 25th, it went and changed. But um, see, the only reason that they did it, Sasha got injured. Like not too long before that, and like because they announced the next good night that she was going to be out for two months, mm. and then Bailey obviously crashed the party with Charlotte's um, celebration. Mm. See, good match that they put on. Like those two can always put on a good match. Yet Sasha's suicide dive always gives me the fear. Mm. She should stop doing suicide dives. That's the first thing. Like she, like she nearly broke her neck. Dave's shaking his head. She looked <laughs> like she nearly broke her neck with that suicide dive, but. Yeah, maybe on that on that point, Meltz, Dave Meltzer noted in his review <laughs> after it, after it Banks seemed out of it for a short period and it was clunky. I think clunky is a bit of an understatement. Yeah, I, I mean, it was a weird like I don't want to start being a wrestling critic or anything. There were a few dangerous moves that were put I, down at the start. I mean, of it. I mean mm-hmm. the, the guys at Cage Side Seats said that the match it was fun, scary, but fun. It was more scary than fun, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Sasha it, always gives me the fear. It's like her bones are made of rubber or something. The kind of cuff, the kind of position she ends up in after doing those moves. Like I said, with that suicide dive, she just looked like she'd taken a Styles Clash, but through a suicide dive, really. 
Oh, that sounds painful to listen to even just Exactly. See, that's that's probably the best way to describe it. But see, if Sasha hadn't gotten injured, mm-hmm. I would have actually kept the title on her because that's when the hot potato started happening. Yeah. That I mean, was the kickstart. I mean, it's what kind of led after this, which was really bad about it. As you said, said the hot, we had the hot potatoing of that championship. I mean, should they have pro- probably kept it on Charlotte for a bit longer? I mean, the one thing I was kind of thinking about this match is they're going to take it off Sasha. Why is she losing so clean mm-hmm. so quickly? Uh, could they have had an interference, Ross? Would have been better as opposed to just losing clean? Honestly, I don't really know what to say about this match. Like you said, it was a bit clunky because obviously Sasha maybe got a mild concussion. She was injured as well, so, you know, like, who am I if I can judge somebody's wrestling ability? I'm a fat man sitting on a couch talking about it. <laughs> uh, but this, this rivalry was good for the in-ring quality, but it just dragged so, so, so long. And it's just, I can't look back on it and rebook things just knowing that it lasts so so long mm-hmm. yeah. especially since so Hell in a Cell wasn't the last match they had a Hell in a Cell I hated the build up to that Hell in a Cell as well but then they went again because they put them in a team at Survivor Series and then they put them in an uh, in a match on Raw again and then they put them in an Iron Man match and it's like why just it, it's far too long they were great matches but it's just save a bit for later yeah I mean we don't need, you can kind of rebook this without just looking at the actual event itself. I mean, Dave Mel- uh, the other Dave, mm-hmm. Dave Meltzer, yep. notes that this match was nothing close to the Raw match. Now, uh-huh. let's look. Should they have done that match on Raw to start with if they were going to do this? Did it take away from this match? Yeah, absolutely. I I think they pulled the trigger too soon with this feud. Um, the match on Raw, the draft night, should not have happened, in my opinion. I think they could have built it up to SummerSlam, make a nice slow build, lay the foundation for a good storyline. Uh, injuries... They'll, they'll just happen as they as they come and go. So you could have had Charlotte retaining through nefarious means, or if Sasha didn't get injured, maybe she could have won it at SummerSlam. And then that would continue the feud back and forth. But the whole hot potato aspect of it, it I think it just killed the, the whole vibe of the feud. Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of the match, what do you, other than the bumps aside, what do you kind of think of the, the match? Did you think it was a good match? Would you have changed anything about how they actually went in the ring? Oh no, you can't question the, the quality of ring work the two of them put on. I think, you know, if you put them in, in the ring, they'll, they'll deliver. Mm-hmm. You just need to give them something to work with, either character-wise, story-wise, and just don't hot potato it for the sake of, you know, giving them multiple title reigns in such a short space of time. Yeah, I- like you, you mentioned at the start we weren't going to talk about Balor Rollins because you can't rebook an injury mm-hmm. I think that's the same with this it's a case of if you knew Sasha was injured at going in maybe tell her right I know you want to perform it's you know our second biggest or third biggest pay-per-view depending on who you ask of the year but you're going to have to for the good of your health rein it back a bit maybe go a more technical style of wrestling mm-hmm. maybe let Charlotte take the lead because she is a great technical wrestler mm-hmm. I mean don't get me wrong I mean Sasha's countering of the Razor's Edge doing her best Ravy Davy impression. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Dave, why are you laughing? You don't know what we're talking about. I know who Ravy Davy is. You don't know what we're ta- why we're talking about this. <laughs> yeah, thought so. <laughs> Silence speaks for itself. Um, Sarah, you get any other points on this? Just match? other than the. Um, just more the fact that there were some things that went heavily wrong. I mean when Charlotte was throwing Sasha like from the top turnbuckle and she had like the whiplash on the back of her neck like That's in the middle of those turnbuckles that was it's horrible to think about that like exactly it's like you knew for, for from the inside that that was not meant how that was meant to go mm-hmm. um, but I wouldn't really rebook it like if if we managed to rebook it knowing that Sasha was injured like Ross said rain it back mm-hmm. but if she hadn't gotten injured I would have kept the title on her and see how she would have done with it 
at least give her a chance at least. Yeah, let's let's talk hypothetically here. Uh, if Sasha had won, how would we how would we have seen this been going for Sasha? I'll go round you all one by one. I'll just start with Sarah on that one. How Bailey think? attack her the night after. Ooh, Gary, hope you're not Gary. Hope Lucy's not listening right now. <laughs> Nice and simple, quite like that idea. Ross, what, how do you think this would have went to Sasha detained? Uh, I think Paige wasn't injured at this point, but she was suspended. I think maybe she would have came back and maybe feuded with um, Sasha mm-hmm. just to break up the monotony and Bailey would have feuded with Charlotte. Right, so Dave, what would your thoughts have been if Sasha had won the belt? Uh, I think the I think the guys pretty much summed it up well. Sasha gets a new challenger and Bailey and Charlotte can fight to become number one contender. Charlotte would win that and then it sets up the build for the first ever women's hell in a cell. But would we, would we have had so many historic moments? Would we have had one of our catchphrases? Historic! Historic. <laughs> first time ever. You would have had them, but it's just it, they didn't all have to be Sasha, Charlotte. Mm-hmm. I think Charlotte's... Uh, sorry, I think Sasha is a great wrestler, but at times it's like she wants to move too quickly and either she's not in the right position or her opponent's not in the right position and it can cause uncomfortable moments like the suicide dives like the double knees you know she doesn't always hit that and you know like it's, it's Edge and Christian always say you've only got so many bumps in your career you need to be careful with the ones you're taking and I, I think just in general Sasha should rein it back I see another point I was like it's just going quickly on what Ross was saying obviously that it's always like Sasha and Charlotte if you listen back to the All Women Show, the historic All Women Show, <laughs> we do actually talk about this and um, saying that why does it always have to be Sasha and Charlotte? Why can't you and, like, and Alexa as well? Why can't you give the first ever's to somebody else? Like obviously, yes, Becky was the first ever SmackDown Women's Champion, but she deserved much more than just that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's probably another way you can rebook it. So obviously, give the first time ever's to other people and see how they go along because. Like the first all women's ladder match, there was only six of them, mm-hmm. and that was just like the six main girls from SmackDown. Five, five, yeah, six. Five on it, yeah. Oh yeah. We were that short of people Lana get a title match on the same show. <laughs> Very true. Yeah. Very true. Uh, same, same with the Hell in Cellar. Like, yeah, it's a history-making moment. But I think Mick Foley summed it up on the Go Home Show, where he said, because they kept saying we deserve this, and he went, "It's not about what you deserve. Hell in a Cell was not a." A reward, Hell in a Cell's an end of a feud. You know, this is how it's become diluted. You know, with the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view itself, it's it's the end of a feud. You know, you're meant to not come out the same person you went in. It's a barbaric match. Mm-hmm. Why are we talking about who deserves what? You shouldn't want to be in a Hell in a Cell match. Yeah, I mean, uh, so in terms of like other uh, rebooking, I mean, do we all kind of agree that it's kind of hard based on the, the rumors of Sasha's injury? Yeah, it's quite yeah. Hard to rebook this. Like I stand by what I said as well. I think the the Raw match shouldn't have happened. Sasha, injury or not, maybe could have won at SummerSlam, and that would have she would have kept it until Hell in a Cell. Right, okay, see, on. even on that, like even how the pinfall happened, it just didn't sit right with me. Oh, it was like a contra. It was a weird pinfall, wasn't yeah. it? Like, yeah, it's like from the back, bag state. A back statement into a roll up. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. a definitive submit or pin. pin yeah. I mean, yeah. if Charlotte had managed to like get her feet on the ropes or something, make it a dirty pin. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Yeah, they could have emphasised the heel nature. That's what I was kind of saying. Maybe if they got some interference, she was with Dana Brooke at that point of time. You Even know. though Dana was banned from ringside. Yeah, they could have found a way, you know. Something might have happened. We could have got some interference from, like, like we got in the next match, which we'll discuss. I will start off with Ross on this one. Ross, let's talk about the 
tag, Raw Tag Team Championship match between do, The New Day and Gallows and Anderson. <laughs> this is a perfect one for how we should rebook it. And I think the best guy we talk about in rebooking it is a certain comedian who got involved for a second year in the row. Talk to us about John Stewart. Um, I liked him in Big Daddy. His television show was rather funny, but as a wrestler, he can fuck right off. Um, <laughs> Yeah. There goes the clean button now. <laughs> oh, I, I said F therefore there. No, did you already? I wasn't listening. So. Uh, <laughs> no, um it's it's a hard one to rebook because you had Gallows and Anderson going into this looking like badasses by taking it big E and then the next week they start wearing doctor's coats. John to explain how they took it big E. Yes, they ruptured his uh, his big E Langstons. <laughs> <laughs> By ring postitis. Yes, ring postitis is. Doctor. Oh god, this leads to the next bit. Yeah. So, he got a steel post to the boss, that's what happened. Yeah, so they looked like badasses by taking somebody out after the bell. They took out all three members of New Day, uh, two on three, and then the next week they start wearing doctor's robes and doing the old day and oh, the, old, oh, the old day was the awful old day. and it's just it was such clunky booking before we even got to SummerSlam <laughs> and then we get there and they're about to win the match they've hurt their finisher it's a guy who's built like a twig gets in the ring you could look at the size of Luke Gallows Gallows could have backhanded him into the third row <laughs> and he just he didn't do it and then it just Obviously, Big E missed his cue, and it just stalled and stalled awkwardly as they kept looking to the entrance ramp. And then Big E runs down, and so, this is why I, I didn't like the nude at this point. They were constantly perceived as faces when they constantly used the three-on-two advantage. Yeah, uh, David, on John Stewart, the guys at cage side seats described him as the man had a dick on his head and looked like the most miserable human being in existence. Because Bret wow. Hart wasn't in attendance that night. Who are these people? They go it's a very good wrestling news website. Mm. <laughs> it's very th- straight to the point, I'd say. But yeah. But the, the, uh, also, it was also, uh, I think it was Meltzer that said uh, it was more of a showcase for the finish this match, as Ross kind of gave a I good description e- of. I don't even know why John Stewart was there. I mean, he caused enough damage the year before in the Rollins Cena match, but that, that is worse than this. I thought. Yeah. yeah. I thought it was so much worse than this because it made that made no sense. This yeah. made. No this, sense this as well. No, this is, no, neither of them made sense. That's why I asked you, like, why John, was he even there? John Stewart just needed to stay away because, I mean, was it for the sake of getting celebrity involvement in a yes. big big four pay-per-view? Yeah, it was pointless. <laughs> I mean, see, Luke Gallows, Carl Anderson, they started off exactly how they should have done. They just dominate the tag team team. They take out Big E, and maybe they could make what they should have done instead of going all... Um, silly skits with New Day, with Old Day, and you know the Doctor's uniforms. Why not systematically take out each member of the New Day, or at the, the very least another tag team each week? Then it sort of, you know, they were wearing the club merch in the in the back. It said, "No one is safe." Why not make a make it like make it make it happen? You know, just clear the entire tag team division, make them a legitimate threat. And you know, if they lose by disqualification, which maybe that I liked the way that finished it, but not in the no. style. Uh, the, the DQ finish, I think, was probably the right thing to do because it kept Gallows and Anderson strong. But there was the one other thing in the background, Sarah, and that was the record-breaking tag team championship streak, mm. which they kept referring to and referring yeah. to, which I think kind of helped. It kind of ruined the last few months of the U Day's reign. I think. Oh it's yeah, to say. that's all they would talk about. Like, I think it's it was. 
I'm going to refer back to it. It was worse than Nikki, Nikki Bella's Bellatron, where she was becoming the longest reigning Divas <laughs> champion. <laughs> Divas raging in the cup. Oh, what a shame. <laughs> oh. Ugh. But, um, Sour grapes because they didn't want AG Lee's name to be associated with that record. Nah. What the devil? I should do wrong. They, they, they should do because of the concussion <laughs> Anyone lawsuit. Anyone who sues gets punished. Yeah, it's the concussion lawsuit. That, that's that, why. That's, that's probably why they're not in the Hall of Fame as well. Exactly. Probably, yeah. But um, yeah, <laughs> see when it came to that record breaking, like if they've referred to it like once or twice, but it was every single promo. Mm -hmm. It's like calm down. Mm -hmm. But see when it came to like me wanting to rebook this match, mm. I think like see because Gallus and Anderson like the reason that they were like when they were first brought to WWE, they were supposed to be like these big monsters that were going to bulldoze their way through the tag team division. Obviously, they made the big point that they were part of the Bullet Club and they were in Japan. They spent so much time with Finn Balor and spent so much time with AJ Styles that, but then they started going on a big massive losing streak. I'm pretty sure they were like they were losing for quite a wee while. And then it was like, it was nearly, not every match, but it was nearly every match in, in the lead up to this. Mm. And basically like it, the way that this, people might actually scream at me for doing this, but the way that they were booking them, they probably would have got beaten off the golden truth at one point. Mm -hmm. The golden truth? Yes. That's how <laughs> bad I thought it was, on, get, it was going. On the note of the golden truth, uh, <laughs> anybody who has not watched La The Last Smackdown does a great... <laughs> Our truth is amazing on it. Just, yeah. just, go, just, on watch it. just go on YouTube and watch it. It's hilarious. See, that, what Sarah was saying though about the losing streak. So they get brought in as part of the Roman AJ feud. They beat the Usos. Then they get flung into a four-man tag match at Money in the Bank. Lost. Then they lost at Battleground in a six-man to further the Cena AJ feud. So they were sort of background players of the other team. And then all of a sudden they started being portrayed as the badasses that we knew them as. And then, like I said, the next week they were wearing doctor's robes and hanging about. That did nothing for uh, that. Hanging about. Did nothing for uh, it. Having a jar with a pickled egg and formaldehyde, <laughs> which was meant <laughs> to be Big E's testicles. Did you notice that Big E drank that, yeah. that water? I don't know. Yeah, and then spat it out. I don't <laughs> think it was meant to be drank, and then he realised, like, <laughs> oh, like, Jesus, oh, no. Crap. <laughs> I don't think it was Big E's finest night. Yeah. I don't think it was MD's finest night in that. But yeah. what I will say about the jars, I did, I did actually kind of chuckle at the different sizes of yes. them according yeah. to the labels on it. I did find that funny. Did you like the, the John Stewart one? That was like yeah, totally. the John Stewart with little like a test tube. It's like you can fit an almond in it. Right, but Biggie's was a full blown big jar. This is sorry when we also talked about the nudies historic. I hate saying that word. Now you've stole it. <laughs> uh, rain. It was. They didn't defend it at Fastlane. They didn't defend it at WrestleMania. They didn't defend it at, what was the next pay-per-view? I think it was Over the Limit. No, Payback. Payback. So they didn't defend it there. And then they were sort of all over the place. They were on a show, off a show, on a show, off a show. And then all of a sudden they start talking about a historic reign. You're like, you, you haven't defended it. Mm -hmm. Three pay-per-views in a row, you sat in the sidelines. Well, after 30 days. Yeah, exactly. Tell that to Brock Lesnar. Oh, yeah. Well, he's a part timer, but they're full timers. There's, there is a slight difference, but also the fact that they had the free bar rule, they, they had no excuse for not defending it. Yeah. Why they couldn't just do a three on four match for the tag titles at WrestleMania? I think they, that was a, a missed opportunity. Who knows? Yeah, totally. But um, so I think it, I mean, it's a shame that there's, there's so other many things we've, we've talked about in this match. The, the match was solid until the ending. I think it's kind of solid, as in 
Not, no, not terrible. Not terrible, but <laughs> solid. Uh, would anybody else like to have seen John Stewart take a bump? Yes. yes. I would like to have seen John Stewart get his <laughs> ass bumped at the door. <laughs> yeah, at least he should have took a magic killer at least. Oh, that would have been great. That would have been amazing, actually. That, that would have been worth it. The, the, the they should have just got a better celebrity to begin with. Took him out at the start. I think that's so, what they should have done. So, take him out at the start of the match. I'm, I'm kind of sensing just from the chat that most of these kind of would have liked to have seen the use days run end here. Yes. Mm, I would like to have seen a better finish to the match. But, sorry, just... Sarah mentioned another celebrity. Yes. I wonder who she wanted on. Well, yeah, because obviously he's a Slammy Award winner from just that one match that he had at SummerSlam, and that's Stephen Amell. He was a big, massive like crowd drawer. Like, I think that was actually like, the first time I'd watched SummerSlam in so long, and I will not even deny it was because of Stephen Amell. And also that, so I was just like, holy crap, he can wrestle. Who's that guy he's wrestling with? Ah, <gasps> this is awesome. Stephen Amell, who will be having his singles debut at All In yes. against Christopher Daniels. And Christopher Daniels will fail That's, a, that's something I never thought I would ever mm. say. He's going to retire him, it's going to be great. Oh, you cannot retire Christopher <laughs> Daniels with Stephen Amell. He that can and he will because he will fail Chicago. No, Stephen Amell will get hit with the best moonsault ever. <gasps> he is undefeated, I'll have you know. In all fairness, it's a beautiful moonsault. It, it is, but still, Stephen Amell's undefeated, it's fine. Cody, so we Cody, will save this for all in. Cody and Barrett were cannon fodder for that match. But, um, yeah, so... It's not enough a beautiful ro- romance. So in terms of how we book it differently, um, no John Stewart to start with, I think it's fair to say. Well, yes. Actually, no, John Stewart to be hit by the Magic Killer before the match. Before the match? Before yes. the match. Oh, oh like, no, I wouldn't have him taking a chair to give the him head. His, give, him, give him his bit with the New Day, then Gallows Anderson just take him out and then saying, you're next, kind of thing. Mm, and then he nah. interferes at the end, gets the DQ when Gallows and Anderson get the win, but the titles don't change hands. No, I would, I would have just had him getting punted into the audience. That would have been amazing. And then just sitting getting crowd surfed out of there. <laughs> so bye. I would have just had no day lose because I was honestly <laughs> sick of him at this point. Honestly. Okay. Do you know, I've seen, although they did it wrong, thanks for coming to my opinion, by the way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> You're not meant to be on the panel. Whoa. Oh. Sorry, boss, on you go. Steven, that's twice that you've bullied him and twice he's been qu- close to quitting. Sorry, Actually. Sorry boss, on you go. Don't, I'm not don't, don't, quack, don't quack a driver me. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, just get, me to, I'll just get two of my pals to do it. Anyway, uh, so I can see what they were trying to do with the whole big guy thing. Why did I say it like I was from England? Big <laughs> thing. Right, but I think they went about it the wrong way or did not execute it properly. I think what they were trying to do is because Xavier Woods at that time wasn't as prominent of a wrestler in New Day as supposed to like Kofi and Big E, you would just automatically assume, although they use the Freebirds rule, you'll just automatically assume it'll be Kofi and Big E. So they kind of used Xavier to kind of push him as that kind of, he can keep up with them kind of thing. Mm. And look at the stuff he's doing now, he's just well, incredible. Aren't they two actually recognised as, the, weren't they actually recognised as the actual champions and not Xavier? Yeah. Yeah, that was the They, they were the, rec- they were the recognised champions and mm-hmm. Xavier was just there. Mm. Uh, he just played. He was, their, he was their cheerleader, essentially. He just played with Francesca, and he was the. And Francesca <laughs> he did what? Played, he played, played with, with Francesca. Francesca. Before this descends, he stroked, <laughs> he stroked his horn. Oh, yeah. So, like Ross on the show. I think I think this is a good time now to actually go on to our break. So stay tuned to us, where we'll be talking later on about the main event, the women's six-man match, six-person match, sorry, the US and IC title, but also the match that we're going to do in the break here, we're going to 
talk about Ambrose and Ziggler. So we'll be back in five minutes. So we'll see you in a bit. Hey, this is professional wrestler Cole Cabana, and I'm only assuming that you have just finished listening to my podcast, The Art of Wrestling, and now you've made the decision to listen to Eat Sleep Suplex Retweets, which is a mouthful to say, but not only have I said it, you've said it, you've suplexed, you've ate, you've slept, and now you've retweeted. Enjoy the show. In case you didn't know, my name is Dean Ambrose, and I'm the WWE World Champion. Let me tell you a little bit about how I got here. I got here by busting my butt day after day, year after year. From now on, it's about representing SmackDown Live. It's about representing the history of this championship. It's about building my legacy. But this ain't no one-hit wonder, baby. Dean Ambrose is here to stay. Scratched and clawed my entire life to get this. And rest assured, ain't nobody taking it away from me. You and I are honestly pretty pretty similar. You're a little off in more ways than one, but you want to talk about scratching and clawing? You're looking at him. Show off, Mr. Buddhist Shaker. You're too worried about what these fans think of you, what these fans chant at you. You're too worried about what the office thinks of you. You're too worried about what people say about you on the internet. You're too worried about stealing the show. You'll steal the show like you always do. And you'll make all the highlight reels and you'll do all your fancy moves. The crowd will go nuts and we'll have a great match. And we'll really tear the house down. Yeah, Dolph, you're going to steal the show. And I'm going to do what I do. Because I know who I am. I'm a winner. You're going to steal the show. And you don't lose. Ambrose, you want to know who I am? The kid from Cleveland who went to his first ever WWE live event when he was five years old and said, one day that's going to be me. I'm the guy who walked on at Kent State University, broke records in wrestling, hoping that one day I might get my foot in the door and get a shot at being a superstar. I'm the guy that for the last seven years has been disrespected, undervalued, overlooked, told one day that I'm not good enough and told the next day that I'm too good. You want to know who I am? You want to know who the hell I am? I'm the man that's going to walk into SummerSlam, burn Brooklyn to the ground, beat your ass, and become champion because I am that damn good. Listen, cunts, I don't care what the f*** you think you're doing, whatever you think is more important with your life, you honking bag of d- tips. You know what you should be doing? You should be going online, you should be subscribing, you should be listening to the back catalogue of Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet, whatever the f*** you're doing, that's what you should be doing. I don't care if it's your mum's birthday, I don't care if she's feeling contractions, get on it right now! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. Welcome back to Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. I'm Stephen Wilson and I'm joined by David Hockney, Ross McLeod, Sarah Grieve and Kwaku Aji. And we've been talking about how we rebook SummerSlam 2016 to mixed results so far. Uh, before we get back on it, I would like to thank Colt Cabana. Yes, the king of wrestling podcast, Colt Cabana. Until we came along. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So big thanks to him. We just got 10k cam down now. Yeah. Yeah. Every kingdom started with a single brick. <laughs> 
only has 10,000 of those beautiful bricks. Exactly. I think he gets 10k an episode, probably. <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, yeah, but thanks to him for giving us a plug on his recent appearance at Discovery Wrestling. Um, if you enjoyed the show so far, then please subscribe to us on iTunes, Anchor, and Spotify. Do you want me to do it next time? Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'll do the outro, Stevie, all right, son? I'll sort you right. I've seen you do an outro. We'll be here all day. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> What's it, Boz? is getting fiery. <laughs> All, all to come on our year anniversary outtakes episode. <laughs> no, that wasn't an outro. That was an intro. I buggled up. <laughs> Outtake. The set piece can who can't take a set piece. Right. Uh, let's, let's now go on to the match which we just had and the break that the promo for it. Dean Ambrose versus Dolph Ziggler for the World Heavyweight Championship. Yes, this was meant to be for the biggest belt in the company. And it went on in the middle of the cards. Yep. Raging at this match, still. Mm, yeah. Why, why were you so raging? This, 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 this was a match that could have been great, but this was a match. I think it fell flat in so many people's opinions. This was a match that was carried by Dolph Ziggler. We talk about people being poorly booked. Dolph Ziggler is a personification of someone that's been let down by creative time and time again. He is so good, and I don't think people can ever go at him for being uninterested at certain points for the simple fact that he knows it's not going to last. But he carried this feud. We, t- we talked at the break about how he knew this was his last chance. Not a wrestler, oh, this is my last chance. No, he knew there was too many people coming up for NXT. He knew this was his last chance. And when it got to the match, it seemed every time Ziggler built up steam, Ambrose, who was meant to be a face, was playing a heel and just did not seem interested. It's just, he slowed the pace down. Headlocks, arm bars, just not caring. And people always talk about at WrestleMania 19, Triple H, Berry and Booker T, he hits the pedigree and then waits an age to pin him. 23 seconds. Yeah, Dean Ambrose hits the dirty deeds, kneels up, looks the ref in the eyes and then gives a wee arrogant like, ah, come here, it's over. Hits him with one finisher and then pins him and it was like, yeah, right, we got a great Dolph Ziggler Miz feud after this. Great, smashing, that was an amazing feud, we get loads of good matches at it. But, this was just such a disappointment and it was all on Dean Ambrose and I think this is when people realised Dean Ambrose isn't a world champion because he seems too disinterested when it's not something he wants to do. Yeah, Dave, I think uh, Ross perfectly summed up uh, Dean Ambrose's 2016 there, I think it's fair mm, to say. Yeah. He had that awful match with uh, Brock Lesnar that, at WrestleMania oh, that year. and That was such uh, a letdown. Such I mean, a letdown of a I think match. it was the reason, one of the main reasons why thir- WrestleMania 32 was so bad as well. Mm. But, yeah. but, but you you can't really entirely fault Ambrose for that match because uh, you know he wanted all that all those spots with the weapons and stuff. Brock just didn't care. I thought you were talking about the one with Ziggler. We're talking about. Oh right, well, you can blame him for the Ziggler one. Yeah, you know the, the, <laughs> the build up was fantastic. I mean the the stuff Ziggler went through to get to that point. He wins six pack challenge, which included John Cena, AJ Styles, Bray Wyatt, Apollo Cruz, and Baron Corbin. And why Apollo Cruz was in there, I probably won't understand. Whoa. Oh, Apollo Crews did have potential at this point. After yeah. this, like, just, he has, a slow... he has, he still has a lot of yeah. potential. He's just been booked really badly. badly. I mean, but yeah, Ziggler cuts we'll some of the bit, like you said, <laughs> what we had during the break. You know, he cut some amazing promos, and you know, again, this sort of brings it the fact Ambrose, you know, oh, he's not too bad at cutting promos himself. The match itself just disappointed, and it looked like Ambrose didn't really want to sort of deliver a good match. Yeah, I mean, Sarah, I've got some. I know I've been quoting many website reviews here Hit on this me. show, Hit but uh, some of the ones on this match, uh, Dave Meltzer said the crowd was dead, which didn't help. Uh-huh. Uh, the guys at What Culture said even if it lacked the big match, the big match feel you'd have hoped for. 
and the brutal cage match seats are, are proving very brutal said the only thing I remember from the match was how emphatically Ambrose won this should have been on the pre-show <laughs> just for the quality for of the, the match the biggest belt in yes the just because of the quality of the match I mean, the only reason it was on the main card is because it was for the damn title. If that wasn't for the da- if that wasn't for the title, that would have been stuck on- stuck onto the pre-show, no mm. doubt about it. Yeah, I fell asleep during it many times. It's Ross, I think, summed up quite perfectly the fact that Ambrose he just won the belt and he was playing such a arrogant and cocky he, he character. He was so arrogant, and it was like that's not how you're meant to be booked. I mean, uh, I don't. I'm not the biggest fan. I, I used to kind of like it, but I, just, I, I grew to really hate the face versus face dynamic. Oh, yeah. I yeah. think AJ Shinsuke WrestleMania put me off the face versus face dynamic. Yeah. And looking back on this one, it just doesn't work. It never works. You've like The way you look at wrestling, it's always the good guy versus the bad guy. Mm-hmm. That's how you get the good, like, that's how you get, like, the proper stellar matches. Because, like, is the good guy going to be the actual hero and win in a very heroic way? Or is the bad guy just going to cheat his way to win? That's what you're like, oh, is that is that the way it's going to go? But see, when it comes to the face versus face or the heel versus heel, what is the point? Exactly. It just, it just loses its luster. Well, to quote somebody for Glow, and we also have a Glow show you can check out on Anchor, iTunes, Podmatic, anywhere you want to go. <laughs> uh, <Wow>. And Spotify. <laughs> but uh, the money's in the chase, as they always say in Glow. And Ambrose was so good when he was chasing Seth Rollins and then when Seth Rollins came back and won the belt and Ambrose instantly cashed in perfect but it's where do you go for there once once the chase is done like once you've like it's always the it's expression be careful what you wish for and it was a case of we got Ambrose's champ and once the shield stuff was done and we didn't have we didn't have a stop gap where do you go for here it's not it's not something that we wanted. Yeah, it, it kind of reminds me of Alexa Bliss and Nia Jax build to WrestleMania this year. Like, obviously uh, the, the storyline was, you know, Alexa was, you know, bullying Nia, fat shaming kind of thing. And that sort of tied in with their, their whole charity, um, charity sort of sponsorships and stuff. But, and then when Nia does win, you know, it's like, yay, bullies beaten and stuff. She basically just did a complete U-turn. Like, she's been victimizing me. And now she oh, was, no. and then she was victimizing Ronda Rousey almost. Uh. What what comparison compared in these two matches? The best comparison I've heard in something in my work compared Ronda Rousey to Steve Blackman. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I can't remember exactly how how the comparison was. I would made. love I, to I, know I, how you get there though. I will look this up and I will tell you. I would love to know how they got there. Uh, yeah. We also talked about the crowd being dead. So they put on AJ Styles and John Cena, which was completely perfect. The first time Cena had lost a feud, this Cena left his you know armband the ring and went away for six weeks, and then you put that horrendous New Day segment with John Stewart on, where Biggie drinks a bottle of sack. <laughs> <laughs> Available on X videos now. <laughs> oh my god! And uh, then you. Uh, at least we know Ross's Google search history. Oh, you yeah. don't want to see my Google search. No, but then. Wow. Well, you're giving away too much here, Ross. Then you, you expect the crowd to be perked back up after seeing a perfect match and then an absolute dog shit match <laughs> to get excited for your WWE title match. Like, this is why SummerSlam, Sucks. although it's a big it's a big four pay per view, it shouldn't be four hours because there's no gimmick to SummerSlam. Yeah, I mean. The- Obviously, we're talking about rebooking it, but this one is hard in the way to reboot because you can't really rebook another title match because there's bigger all people on the card. 
who could fight Ambrose for the belt. I mean, AJ was the only other one and Cena, and they were fighting each other. Who else could they have been? So Baron Corbin, Kane, <laughs> Baron Corbin. Well, Ambrose Corbin, you know they had a. I mean, Baron Corbin, what? I don't know. I mean, he could have had a surprise victory in the six-pack. I'll pack. be mentioning Baron Corbin later. Actually, no. Let me ask you this. That six-pack number one contender match, that included John Cena, AJ Styles, and all the other names I had before. Who would you have put money on to win that match? Styles. John Cena. Styles? Cena, exactly. You know, he could have been Ambrose Cena. Didn't Styles get pinned? Yeah. He yeah, did, he's yeah. AJ Styles get pinned off his doll cycle, guys. Quacko, you get any points to add in this? Yeah, um... It was interesting. For me, the big things was the crowd. I mean, I could see in their in Ambrose and Ziggler's face, they kept on kind of looking at each other like, "What the fuck?" kind of thing. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, no, like, yeah, like, why is this? Ambrose was getting booed as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There were sections where he was getting booed. Yeah, I don't think I hate that me, David. He was. No, no, no. I was saying unbelievable. I said quite right. Oh, right, you were going no. <laughs> I know. I meant like. Anyway, we'll yep. sort our grievances later. <laughs> <laughs> I will take I will take head of the council service this time. Oh shit, they were fucked. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I do love you, Sarah. Um, love you too. Oh, see, we're a husband and wife. Really? Uh, on. <laughs> on to the point. On to the point. Do we, yeah. do we need marriage counselling for you two? On to the point. Never. On to, on to the point. On to the point. Uh, so yeah, it was just a really weird thing. The whole. I, I, I don't know if it was just maybe audience fatigue or whatever but I feel like that just dictated the match really just the audience mm. and it's not fair because I'm not going to s- sit here and say oh the audience was shite and uh, yeah, whatever like it's easy to go down that trap but it just seems that the audience reaction kind of steered that match from where I was when I was looking at it yes so again some some ve- various mixes of how we book it I think the general consensus was we wouldn't have it on the card no I would have had Ziggler win it because no 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 like, hear me out because you could have had Ziggler win it, then next month, instead of Styles against uh, Ambrose, you have Styles against Ziggler. Ziggler loses, and then Miz does the promo he done the night after SummerSlam, the night after Backlash, the you can't do the big one. And then you start their feud. Interesting. Mm. That is go. interesting. Inter- still get interesting how the- we go with that one. I would put yeah. a stipulation to the match, It definitely had, that, it had the AJ Shinsky uh, vibe about it you know good build but match was disappointing yeah yeah so we're now gonna take the two mid-card titles and a winner so it could be quite quick on one of them because it wasn't really a match it didn't happen it didn't happen yeah Yeah. let's talk about roman reigns and rusev that brawl just what was the point i think the thing about the 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 big one with this one was should they have had a match or was the brawl fine who was who was for the brawl should have had a match i was for the brawl I was for the match. Okay, let's go with the odd one out. Ross, why was you, what, what was, was what the was odd one out? Single, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, like I mentioned earlier about the tag teams, and like I will mention later with the women, there was no need for SmackDown-specific division titles because you have to save something for the next pay-per-view. You can't have everything at once because then you end up with, like, WrestleMania this year was overbooked and then Backlash the next month was awful. Dial, there was nothing there. And this saved something for the next pay-per-view. This saved... You know, Roman won the title at Clash of Champions the next month. It gave you a title change in a pay-per-view. It gave you a fresh feud. They hadn't yet fought, and they prolonged the feud. Mm. And then, obviously, we got a Hell in a Cell match, which, for me, by the way, that Roman versus Rusev Hell in a Cell was the best of the three on that card. It was, it was a good, mm. oh, it was it was a good, good match, yeah. It was a good tell. It was a good tell. So, my question to you on the brawl is, if they're going to have them do a brawl, why are they in the position they're in on the cards? Why are they the penultimate, the penultimate position? To kill the crowd. That should have opened the show. <laughs> Yeah, it should have been in the mid card, I thought. 
Maybe do Ambrose Ziggler maybe Sarah's point where she said it should open the show. I don't know if you remember a couple of years ago, it was TLC, it was Booker T, Cody Rhodes. And they tried to start the match, open the show, Cody Rhodes attacked Booker. And then they tried to do it about three matches in, Cody Rhodes attacked Booker again. And then it got to the point where when the match eventually happened, Booker T was so beaten down that the match went quickly. I think if you were going to have the match, I think that would have been maybe a perfect way to do it. But I was still all for the brawl because hmm. you always have to keep something for the next pay-per-view. Okay, so let's go to the, the, the two who wanted the match. Sarah, first of all, would you? how would you have done the match? Right, okay, well, I'm going to like rebook the entire thing that leads up to Clash of Champions because it, it does tie in with another match on the card. <laughs> it, well, not even, it wasn't even on the card. Um, but see, first of all, not having a match was completely stupid. I mean, they'd already had like the brawl like just before when they threw Lana into the wedding cake and all that sort of stuff. Like that was the brawl to start it all off. Um, and I'm probably going to get a lot and lots of angry looks, but in my opinion, if they did actually have a match, I think Roman should have won that title at SummerSlam. Dave is raging at me right now, but give me a minute, <laughs> give me a minute, and I will. I'm listening. Right. Give me a chance. And see when it came to the best of seven. You know how I said I want Cesaro to win? Put Cesaro, make it a triple threat at Clash of Champions. There we go. There we go. Why not throw Sheamus in as well and make it a fatal four-way? No. Because he lost it. Because he would have lost the best of seven series. Oh, right, this is my rebooking, remember? I think, I think Dave's still taking it to draw. Yeah, <laughs> assuming the best of seven still ended in a draw. I will remember. This is me rebooking. So, so I rebooked and said that I thought Cesaro should have won the best of seven because... He needed it more, mm-hmm. but like, instead of making it a world title, have it any title he wants to go for. And if he could have chosen, say, the US one, for example, chuck it in, make it a triple threat, clash of champions, that would have made a good viewing. All right, Dave, what's, what's your counter-argument on the match? I think they should have done what they did with Seamus Triple H Extreme Rules 2010. Like, even before the pay-per-view, like, make it look like it's going to be the opening match, but then Rusev assaults Roman backstage, because... Think about it. The build-up was Roman comes out during their wedding reception, and um, yeah, Roman basically you know annoys Rusev. Lana goes in the cake as pair. Rusev by this point is majorly pissed off because saying you insulted my wife, you insulted my family, I am going to destroy you. And Vushka Rusev was insulted. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, start the show. Roman, oh sorry, Rusev takes out Roman and then they have the match later on in the night. Maybe not towards the end, maybe again mid-card as pair. And then, so Roman comes out looking a bit, a bit injured, you know, he's limping a bit. The match lasts one, two minutes tops. You know, they exchange fists in the ring and then they go outside, Roman grabs a chair and just decimates Rusev. Or it could be the other way around, you know, Rusev could just grab a chair and keep uh, beating down Roman. So, I mean, one of them, basically, one of them gets DQ'd or it goes to a double DQ. Rusev keeps the title, the feud is still a lot of bad blood because, you know, Rusev's still offended about what happened to his wife. And then that continues to build up to Hell in a Cell where they, uh, Roman would win. Like, that's where he actually wins the title. See, it's interesting, I mean, you just gotta say that, but uh, the guys at what culture were not happy about this segment. They gave it a 2 out of 10. And they highlighted the We Want Slater chance. Yay! That is, is very prominent. that is somebody else that should have been on the card. Yes. Just maybe wandered into this brawl. I continued on because he wasn't drafted. Yeah, he was still unemployed when we got that brilliant... Uh, that was the brilliant thing. That was the best thing to happen to Lee Slater in such a long time. God, I'm, God, I miss that time and that time. But, yes, I'm good. Smackdown back then. Yeah, that was smart. That was amazing at oh, that yeah. point in time. Ziggler and Heath Slater in 2016 were major players that we all cared about. 
Uh, well, Ziggler is now. <laughs> with uh, Drew. But yeah, it's an inter some interesting takes on that one. Now, let's go on to the IC title match. Oh, <laughs> this was. Why did awful. this even happen? Uh, Dave, you weren't in the room when I say this to uh, Ross and Sarah earlier on. Right. The guys at Work Culture, when describing this match, said. Miz is a boring IC champion who should have lost the strap ages ago. Mm. This is a man who's now in the biggest match on this year's SummerSlam hey. with Daniel Bryan. Yeah. Uh, this match did nothing for nobody. This was, yeah. this was rotten. Now we talked about people not being on the card. Mm -hmm. I would have changed this match. Right. I would have added Baron Corbin to make it a triple threat because as much stick as Baron Corbin gets, his triple threat at the end of 2016 with AJ and Ziggler. That's correct. His triple threat with Ziggler and Rude. Maybe we should just put Ziggler in here. Ziggler and Rude. <laughs> His six-pack challenge earlier this year. The money in the bank where he took out Shinsuke. Baron Corbin is so good at being a bastard. And he is... That was my Scotland coming out there. Bastard. <laughs> no, he's so good at being... The, his timing is so good. Maybe when he's in a singles match, he's not got enough of a moveset to... Well, he did have the greatest ever chairs match oh, well, with Kalisto. Oh, but, oh yeah. Wow. But yeah, as a triple threat guy, he is always the big bruiser, the big guy who every time it looks like one person's making making headway, he just comes in, smacks him in the mouth, knocks him on his ass. And he is so I think he's so good in that role. He was meant to be in a match with Kalisto, unfortunately Kalisto got injured at doing good lucha things. And uh, <laughs> they actually had a triple threat as well. Apollo Cruz, Kalisto and Baron Corbin. That was number one contender, yeah. To become number one contender for this match. I believe Kalisto get pinned so surely mm -hmm. Corbin could have made a case like actually I never get pinned because it's the same thing he done with Ziggler a few months later there was a fatal four way he, was, he wasn't in the decision so he beat Ziggler the next week to get added to the triple threat see I have a, a bugbear with Apollo Crews around about this time I don't think he should have get called up I think he get called up far no, too no, soon and it ruined his momentum far, even in NXT it was yeah. uh, he was called up, I believe, about SummerSlam, TakeOver Brooklyn time. That was his debut for NXT, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And then in October, he's taken Finn Balor to the limit for the NXT title. Yeah, they, they pushed him far too soon. Far too. Yeah. He was so good in the independent scene because he took time to find a character. And then they brought him in, and as they often do, they stripped away the character. And there, there's nothing there. There's not a personality there. It's like oh, a, it's a, it's a smiling man that hangs about with Titus. Titus O'Neil is the only reason Dana Brooke and Apollo Crews still have jobs because Titus O'Neil is so good at what he does. Yes, Kwaku, I'm slating Dana Brooke again. I hate her. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> uh, Sarah, what's your thoughts on this? Well, like I do agree. Like Apollo Crews got pushed way too quickly. I mean, I don't know if you guys saw the, the lovely Snapchat videos I kept sending when I was just using Snapchat filters. That's what gave personality to that that promo that he did with Miz saying obviously you don't know how to spell my name you don't know who I am and it's like spelling out Cruz and you're like dude shut the hell up I mean let's uh, again on reviews let's go back to our <laughs> great friends at the cage side seats Yay. on this match don't care don't lie you don't either <laughs> I, I don't I don't disagree with that like see see the one thing I do disagree with right obviously the way that they were building up is that Apollo Cruz was like this big athletic guy that he could do Quite extraordinary things. He got beat in 5:45. Yeah, it was rushed. It was so, it was so rushed. I mean, they could have made it a little bit longer, yeah. not make him look as weak. I mean, Dave, your namesake says that the best thing about the match was Marisa's outfit. Yes. Dave Meltzer commenting on fashion. That was yeah. incredible, though. That she's got good fashion. She does. Uh, she always. I does, love yeah. Maurice. Dave Meltzer, who buys these polo shirts at three for a pound. <laughs> <laughs> 
Did you serve him? <laughs> May as well. <laughs> Dave, yeah. we did lots of grey shirts. Don't wear the three same washed at once. Uh, Dave, do you have anything that you would change in this match? Other than it not happening? Well, I think Miz definitely should have still defended the Intercontinental Championship. Triple Threat definitely was a good option because I think Corbin... You know, he had the, the stature and the personality to at least make a, an interesting feud. But again, that would have created a heel-heel dynamic, yeah, which we were not a fan of. It also, though, leads to the next month. Because as I said, obviously, you need to leave something for the next month. You need to leave yeah. on to the next month. The next month, Cruz and Corbin started feuding and fought about. You are, you're I, doing something at WWE you don't do a lot, and that is thinking. forward planning. I think the best thing, actually, they could have made with this is make it a fatal four-way. Miz, Cruz, Corbin, and Kalisto. Kalisto? No, Kalisto was injured. Really? Kalisto? Oh, was he injured? Really? He was injured. Right. How... Okay, assuming he wasn't injured, yeah, uh, it would have been a fatal four. Obviously, way. David is very big on health and safety. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to see people get injured. <laughs> I'm paying you get your ass in there. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, he should have had at least had at least three people in there. Like, see, one thing I do disagree with the, the, the comments that were made. The Miz's Intercontinental like, title reign was one of the most entertaining things I've seen in a long time. Every single time he's held the belt, it's always been so entertaining. It wasn't boring. Mm. It was Apollo Crews that was boring, unfortunately. But that's not his fault. Can I just say as well about Apollo Crews? I mean, <coughs> when he came to NXT, I blinked and I just about missed him. Because, you know, he was there for, what, three, four months at most? Barely. No, he, he, he debuted on the Brooklyn show. Yeah. I got called up the night after WrestleMania. The four yeah. All right, so he was there for at least six, six months. months. Right. Least. But even still, that's such a short stint of time. It didn't really achieve well, much. And then he could have stayed in NXT so much longer, honed his craft, you know, again, take Finn, Finn Balor to whoever the NXT champion was at the time, you know, they would have, so, he would have got great matches out of them. Yeah, give him, yeah. give him a character, give him promo skills, give him a manager for crying out loud. But as I think Vince just took one look at him and he Wait. thought, hey, you're yeah. picking muscly, I'm taking you. He's, he's got a manager then. Uh, Titus. Well, Titus, yeah. Titus, yeah. And he has a status where, as well. But where have they been recently? Feuding with the offers of pain. <laughs> and getting squashed by the offers of pain. Exactly. And it's been painful to watch. <laughs> <laughs> at, my, at this stage now, I think Apollo Crews is a lost cause. So, we've got a triple threat match, a fatal four-way match. It should have been longer and Apollo Crews should not have been anywhere near it. So I, would have, I would have been happy with a Miz TV segment. I, I quite like, I, I think the IC title should be defended on the big show. I think. Oh, yeah. I Why shouldn't it be, yeah? Have a Miz TV but turn it into a match. Who would you put against them if it wasn't Apollo Crews? Kane. <laughs> <laughs> no, see, you're, not, you're, you're Kane. not your brother. You know what I probably would have done? Taking Sammy and, Z uh, Sammy and Neville and putting them into a triple threat. Really? That would have been my, mm. my pick. Sorry, I just clicked on and somebody we could have mentioned earlier for the world title match and for the IC title match. Who's that? Bray Wyatt. Wasn't oh, he's a SmackDown oh, guy. Oh, yeah. Bray Wyatt wasn't on the card, was he? Nope. Ooh. Oh, I would, I would have put Bray. I would have put Bray somewhere. I would have put him against Miz. Maybe you could have done that then. Like have Apollo about to win a triple threat for the four way. Well, and then the lights just go out, uh, and then the lights go out and come back on. I would have been Sister Abigail, yeah, yeah, because Orton ended up concussed after the Lesnar match. So concussed, he was just about dead. He died. We'll talk about that later. So you could have had that for a month and then lead into the Orton joining Wyatt family. Blah blah blah. Interesting, interesting. That 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 Orton Wyatt family could have went somewhere, but it just fell flat. But yes, yeah, some interesting points in the IC title match. I'm glad we didn't just get my opinion, which was can it completely because it was awful. <laughs> uh, I'm now going to hand the floor to our um, resident expert on this topic, <laughs> Sarah. Can you tell us about the six-person women's match? Can you start us off on this one. Oh, that's the first thing I'm going to say about it. 
I think like the first of all, the best thing about this match was Eva Marie not wrestling. That was my first point of it. Agreed. Oh right. She was at, she was at spa weekend with Dave. <laughs> totally. Mm-hmm. Totally. Dave. She likes the accent. <laughs> Calm down. But put see, that tongue back in your mouth. <laughs> oh god, I feel like Jen Louise laughing at Ross now. <laughs> oh, he's done. But um, no, like see the see the six person tag team match. Again, you didn't have the, the SmackDown women's belt at that time. Obviously, they were going to unveil it on the SmackDown after, ready for Backlash. So you had, what, Naomi, Carmella, and Becky on one side, and originally Eva Marie, Alexa Bliss, and Natalia? Natalia. Yeah. Natalia on the other side. So it's supposed to be the heels versus the faces, right? But Eva Marie is not feeling well. Air quotations, i.e. she was suspended for the wellness policy. Um, but... They brought back Nikki Bella. Now, I'm not going to bash bringing back Nikki Bella because like, we all knew it was going to happen. And Stacey will probably throttle and you. And Stacey will kill me. And Jamie. And Jamie. And Jamie. And everyone else on my historical women's show, which you can find in our back catalogue. I want to do a wee cheap plug as well. You don't start. <laughs> Great plug in here, guys. Great plug. I know, right? You can find it on iTunes. 10,000 doesn't get there. Spotify. And all good Android podcasting sites. Just search us at Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. Where are you guys I can plug to? Anyway, can I carry on before I... So, the way that the, we all knew that Nikki Bella was going to come back because it had been announced that she had just got cleared and there was rumours flying around that she was going to get cleared to come back from her next surgery. Now, we didn't think it was ever going to happen, but when they brought her back, like it's like, oh, who's this, who's this mystery person going to be? Who's this mystery person? And they brought back Nikki Bella to be on, first of all, on the heel team, but they brought her back as a babyface. She was being a baby face throughout the entire match. And yet, that's when the whole thing with Carmella happened after SummerSlam. Now, what I would have done, I would have had Carmella turn before SummerSlam and have Nikki come back on the face team and still do the whole upstaging, like, you've come back in my hometown, you've made me look like a fool. And that would have given her more incentive instead of just turning heel the night after for no flipping reason. See, the main reason I did put this in you know, the script for today was for that reason, the fact that she just becomes a babyface straight after it. I mean, yeah. what is There's actually, no point. What is like, actually going on? I mean, you put her as a babyface, she would have got to feud with the greatest uh, women's wrestler of all time. No. Alicia Fox? No, not feud with her. <laughs> tag, 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 tag team with the greatest women's wrestler of all time in Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch. Becky. Uh, what, what, the Becky and Bella show? Becky Bella show. That's better than the tea. Screw screw, uh, total Bellas. I want to see Bella and Becky. Bella and Becky. (laughs) You wish. You've only only fantasised over Eva Marie on this show. (laughs) I don't know if anyone would would agree with how I would rebook her. I mean, like, to be honest, I think Alexa and Carmella needed that win more than what what the babyfaces did. Um, But I I wouldn't have brought Nikki back as a face. Like, if you're going to bring her back on the heel team, do her as a heel. Or if not, have someone else turn before SummerSlam. Carmella turning before SummerSlam would have been more sense than the SmackDown after because that made no sense at all. No, yeah, I think that pretty much summed up pretty much, yeah. Because yeah, you basically just had a mix and match, you know, it was like face and heels on it the same no team. It's just, yeah, it, it just it just felt like a Total Divas match, you know, that's the one that's advertised for SummerSlam. <sighs> and yeah, they're the ones that uh, beat the, the non-Total Diva stars at that point. So, and... I'd completely forgotten Carmella had actually turned heel the night after. So um, when I was looking it up and I'm thinking, what is Carmella doing on the face team essentially? Because I thought she was meant to be a heel. Mm -hmm. But yeah, but that that was the day before. Yeah. So yeah, like you said, I think Carmella 
should have turned heel sooner, and then Nikki would have joined the face team. It would have made more sense. There wasn't a lot of criticism for this match from a lot of the guy these uh, reviews that I've um, looked out for this one. One of the ones was it probably outstayed his welcome in terms of length. Oh, probably. Yeah, it was a uh, get everyone on the card sort of match. Mm. Yeah, they tend to do that quite a lot these days, mm-hmm. especially with the women's division. Can I just point out a wee, a wee gripe? Go for it. WWE gets panned for this a lot. You watch any New Japan show, and the first like, eight matches are tag matches or six man uh, tag uh, matches. Th- oh, why is Teddy Long not with New Japan? I know. <laughs> probably is, just like hiding w- behind the scenes somewhere I would in pay, disguise. I would pay good money to see Teddy Long come out in the middle of like a Bullet Club segment. Hala Hala Pairs, we're going to have a tag team match with the Celtic Warrior Sheamus. And the Undertaker. Oh dear God. I'm not doing accents, I'm just... Um, ladies and gentlemen at home, you no, know, your podcast hasn't broken. You did just hear that. Nice <laughs> oh, flavor. Jesus Christ. <laughs> but, but no, I think the fair statement on this one was uh, Nikki should not have been on the heel team. Yeah. Carmella should not be anywhere near the top of the women's division. <laughs> <laughs> she's been the worst. Why is she still there? She's the worst women's champion. Because she's F A B U L O U A. Shut up. Shut up. Wow. <laughs> Shut right up. Wow. wow. Mr. Raji, do you have anything to add on the women's six person match? Nope. <laughs> do you have anything to add on this match? Alright, you come to me whenever. I've whenever. Came to, I've came to you in the last few matches. No, you haven't. Yes, I have. Hey, hi. No, really. <laughs> Sorry, Stephen and I won't air Becomes more of a fast every week. I know, yeah. right? Oh, God. This week okay. I'm actually behaving as well. Right, so I'll listen to that carefully and in particular because of last week's quiz. Um, <laughs> Which you can listen to on all. Uh, <laughs> Please don't listen to that quiz. It's not my finest ever. <laughs> it's level. not even up yet. <laughs> it is, is it? It is. It, is. it went up last week. Did it? Yeah. The quiz. Oh, so it did. <laughs> so it did. <laughs> We're on tape, the Lely, ladies and gentlemen. We do apologise. I'm not with it, it was, today. It was so slick until Sarah went, no, it's not. <laughs> anyway. What day's today? Quacku. What's your point? <laughs> 10k, we've learned fuck all. <laughs> So yeah, because of Ross's quiz last week, I listened out carefully for Eva Marie's announcement that she wasn't going to be there because of the fans or something. Yeah, she was suffering from exhaustion and anxiety brought on by hostile WWE crowds and was vacationing in the British Isles. Of all places to go as well. Yeah. Specifically Scotland. British, did it say British Isles? It said, it said British, British Isles. Isles. Dave's back girl. She was off to Cornwall for the weekend. Mm. And much like Nikki Bella's theme song, David could look but could not touch. Mm -mm. Ah, Is is that why she, that time she sent her tweet saying, I'm in Clarkston, Glasgow? (laughs) I'm in Clarkston, Glasgow, send help. He's behind me. (laughs) I've sent out the flares. Yes. Uh, Also, also, it was quite weird to see Nikki and what's known as what would have been the heel team. Mm-hmm. Because she was acting very much like a face with a whole return and everything, mm-hmm. and like pandering to the crowd and stuff like that, and also the awkward hug at the end. And it was also quite interesting to see like Alexa Bliss because that was the time when she was like kind of upper comer. Like now she's like basically the main, the main like the main woman on Raw and stuff. It was quite interesting to see her as an up and comer and stuff like that, and also Naomi. But another thing about it was. Again, the crowd, 
were a bit off key. Yeah, it was in, it was in that really bad spot. On I think the card. everyone thought Bailey though, because Bailey she did debut the next night, but she had been rumoured for SummerSlam. She did get the big like you deserve it and clap mm-hmm. when she took Ask at the limit and left. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it would have been before. It would have been. It would have been. We all knew she was going to be good to smack as, as, as a heel. Well. Done. I don't, I don't know if whatever, but... but again, they could have had, you still could have had Carmella turn and had Bailey coming on the face, baby uh, face same. We've done the same problem again. So, it's a hard one, but uh, I think it's fair to say Nikki should have been a face when she came back. Uh, we're now going to go on to the main event of the evening and the main event of our show. Uh, Alan Lucas is his favourite wrestler. <laughs> Yay! So gutted he's not on this show. He would, have been, he would have went to town for about 15 minutes on this one. Yes, we're talking about Brock Lesnar versus Randy Orton. Uh, first question I'll ask everybody one by one. I'll, uh, I'll go around everybody. Dave, main event, yes or no? No. Ross, should that be the main event, yes or no? Yes, because of Brock Lesnar being in it, because before everyone got tired of him, he was a big match player. Mm-hmm. He had just came back from a UFC win. It was rescinded, we won't talk about that. <laughs> uh, but he had come back from being a two-sport athlete. Knowing the finish is hindsight, but you know, we're rebooting this on hindsight, that should have been a minute for him. Dear God, no. Okay, I'll start off with you this one. How would you have, how would you have changed this? <laughs> Quacky, sorry, how did you do No, it should have been a main event because I just think the build-up was just pushed on us. Like, for me, it wasn't a real story behind it. It was just shoved down our throats kind of thing and told, oh, these are two big guys, so we should all love it. Okay, I'll now go back to Sarah. Yay! Hi, guys. Sarah, how would you have done this differently? Well, like, you see, like, I do agree with Quacky. Like, that build-up, they did push it on us. It's like, oh, they broke onto the scene at the exact same time, but it's been so many years in the making. I get... Don't shake your head at me. That was one of the promos in the build-up to the match. Yeah. No, yeah, no, I knew that. I'm just saying... <laughs> he shook his head at I'm, me, though. I think he was shaking his head at the, the promo. Yes. Oh. Right, okay. But anyway, it's like, so many years in the making, and yet... Uh, it shouldn't have made a bent. I mean, why? Like, see, they were making such a big deal. Obviously, I know that we're not going to talk about it, but they made such a big deal about Raw not having a top title. That is what, like, Finn and Seth should have made a vented because it was, like, the big new title that they were fighting for. Having these guys close the show, if it hadn't happened in the way it did, <laughs> maybe, but it made me feel so uncomfortable. Like, the whole... It just looked like Lesnar was actually intentionally trying to kill Randy Orton. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the reviews on this match say a lot of people felt uncomfortable when Meltzer thought the finish wasn't planned. He thought it was meant to be kind of brutal, but not as brutal as it was. Some people Did he have a razor blade attached to his elbow? No, no, no it's just yeah, it's <laughs> the muscle. Friction to friction, yeah, and, it's just and the corner of the bone. Even, even our brutal friends at the cage side seats thought this was a bit more uncomfortable than anything, and it was maybe a wee bit too real. Um, as well as that, the guys at what culture were disappointed that it was another Brock squash fest. Oh yeah. Which, Ross, my personal opinion, I don't know. This is, this was kind of the to me the start of the Lesnar downfall. To me, I've not really enjoyed Lesnar since obviously around about this point in time. It was a poor Lesnar match, but see, to be honest, I loved Randy Orton in this match. Randy Orton was using his quickness in this match. Randy Orton was showing us how good he can be when he doesn't slow the pace right down. He was jumping up and hitting him with RKOs, he was hitting him with punts, he was, you know, flying out of nowhere. You've been quoting off other reviewers. Mm-hmm. My favourite one was still Paddy Power. 
when <laughs> Randy Orton hit bro- I get leathered for about 10 minutes and hit Brock Lesnar with an RKO and they put this is why wrestling's the best fucking sport in the world do you see Rory McIlroy doing that do you see Freddie Flintoff doing that do you see Roy of the Rovers doing that no what a comeback for that Randy lad <laughs> but it's I enjoyed it for what it was but it kind of did lead to the downfall of Brock yeah I mean there's one thing I would kind of change about it as well I'm coming Dave on this one mm-hmm. um, we talk about WWE being the McMahon's personal playground in some ways why did Shane McMahon come out? Why, what is the point in Shane McMahon? because yeah. he's the best wrestler, wrestler in, in the world, world. <laughs> was it Jeff Jarrett now? Jesus <laughs> uh, Shane McMahon's involvement I do not understand like uh, the draft hadn't happened yet you know Randy wasn't a Smackdown superstar neither was Brock well Brock was like no Randy was Smackdown oh was he he was it was a cross brand part, right. part of she- the build up was that Randy Orton showed up on Raw right yeah well Shane McMahon wasn't the commissioner of Smackdown by that point he was oh, he was was he yeah yes. the brand extension had already happened oh, right. oh. Mr. oh this was before the draft right? Mr. No, Ad- Mr. Analyst after yeah. the draft Mr. Analyst Sorry, I'm, getting da- I'm getting my dates mixed up Smackdown versus Raw I've been away from Far too long. I'm just yeah, rusty. You're Mr. WWE. They Dave. announced it the day after. No, the day. What was it? No, it no, was, it, was, it, was the, it was Battleground. No, it was before Battleground because they'd done the yeah. comeback promo and it yeah. said, We're revealing Brock Lesnar's opponent because people weren't watching SmackDown at the time. So they put it on that. Why didn't they just do I was going to say, like, if they hadn't. If people weren't watching SmackDown, they could have easily just done it on Battleground, you know, during the interview with Jericho. Yeah. And then that's when Randy could have, you know, teased the. You know the no supplements necessary jibe and stuff, and then that would have been the base for a feud. But it definitely should have been evented. That's that's all I can say. Yeah, um, Dave, I need to give you a bit of benefit of the doubt. You spent the last week trying to tune in your TV, so mm-hmm. you, yep. you've, not really, you've not really had the proper chance to research this match. Exactly, you would have liked to. So, um, how's that going, by the way? It's going well, actually. Uh, almost there. Have you got a channel yet? Have I got um, one? <laughs> not the WWE Network, clearly. Nope. Uh, Let's go. Let's talk about the elbowing now. Um, yeah, could exactly. Sarah's could... been elbowing me all night. Can we fucking stop it? <laughs> <laughs> you wish. Uh, was this necessary? Did we have to see this? Could we have done without this? Could we have just had? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get Quacko's so... input first. <laughs> it's the sky blue. <laughs> I don't know where it's. I don't know. We've, we've had some really diverse things on this show in the past I mean you, people might have really liked it you know it's, it's um, and fighting and I'll like okay so I'll use like a boxing thing right so see in boxing when you're throwing jabs and stuff like that if you want to so I'm going to get quite gruesome here if it's known that like it doesn't take much uh, it depends on the person but see to get someone cut all it takes is you basically, when you throw a jab, you just do a little twist at the end, and that can actually cut somebody up. Now, using your elbow mm. to basically, it, it becomes a knife if you do it straight quickly, and you're basically doing that right at somebody's eye. And look at the damage it does. It's It was just, it was unnecessary, it was stupid. I know that it's a thing in wrestling where you can get somebody cut up or whatever, like just get a wee glaze to get blood or whatever, but this is at a time when Bladen and so on is, is outlawed and stuff and do you go from that to that and it's, it's just unnecessary in my opinion yeah I mean people there's some of these ones say that people don't like to see watch WWE see stuff like that no well, so it kind of blows the line between that and UFC it was horrible mm. I mean I don't think I've ever been so uncomfortable at the end of a pay-per-view 
Like, it was just something that I was like, I don't want to see this anymore. So I would say, I grew up loving Randy Orton, and I'm still a big fan of Randy Orton. Just, like, yeah, like the Legend Killer. You're a fan of Randy Orton still? I think he's been dull for many years. Go back to the Legend Killer, he was amazing. Yes, go back to the Legend Killer, that would be amazing. Like, see the actual build up. Randy Orton appearing on Raw and obviously doing the RKO out of nowhere saying it only takes one. That was good. Like that was that. like probably like the most interesting stuff I'd seen from Randy Orton outside the ring in such a long time. Like, see, when it comes to his promo mark, it just seems lazy nowadays. But That's an understatement. When it came to this, it was just like proper back to the cocky stuff that we all know and love from him. Like, that's what I love to see from him because he is cocky and he is arrogant and he's good at it. I've seen by his recent work with Jeff Hardy. Poor Jeff. Mm-hmm. Uh, was... Let's not talk about that. Talking mm. about uncomfortable. Well, while we're on the topic of uncomfortable things, <laughs> uh, Ross, what was your? Did you think it was necessary this type of bloody nature? Well, what I will say is I sat through Brock Lesnar's UFC fight the month before. Wish I'd have done that then, because it was boring as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> they talk about wrestling being two guys giving each other a cuddle. What's Brock Lesnar be Mark Hunt? It's like. He basically fell Don't say that again without making it sound like you're swearing. Mark Hunt and his manager, Mike Clitoris. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, a bit unnecessary. If you wanted to maybe bust Randy Orton open, maybe the, the part of the match where he goes for the punt and Lesnar pops up and picks him up with F5, maybe have him get him with an elbow. Because as Kwaku said, it doesn't take much to get somebody to bleed. And you know, blading is outlawed, but as we've seen with the likes of the Undertaker, be Triple H, and that Undertaker brought Lesnar. When it's guys who Vince likes or who have their job secure, they can kind of get away with what they want. They can take those risks. So, if you want to maybe, it shouldn't have been the finish. It should have been maybe what got Randy Orton dizzy. Maybe hit him with the elbow, and then he gets back up, walks into the F5, done. Yeah. No, that's a good like show. the WrestleMania finish. And a- well, kind of. Uh, obviously, it does have many F5s on It's yeah. not like a, a team. Oh, yeah. no, so Roman I'm... got it worse, though. I mean, he was covered, literally covered. Let's not let's not talk about that match. I ha- I've erased that from my memory. Uh, that, like, that, in my eyes, that didn't happen. Yeah. Uh, Dave, yeah. what was your thoughts? Would you have changed it? Or would, mm. you have kept them, or would you have kept such the hardcore nature? Because, you know, you are the biggest fan of hardcore uh, wrestling. <laughs> yeah, well, I think it shouldn't have been a Lesnar squash match. I think Orton should have had his moments, you know, he, he looks like he's outsmarting the Beast because, you know, Brock kind of just go, charges in head first and just suplex, suplex, suplex. But I think Orton, you know, he was using his cleverness to his advantage, even especially in the, in the build-up. So I think maybe if he got, you know, used his speed to his advantage again, you know, had a nice sort of tactical approach, maybe, you know, it would have made it a bit more interesting, but I think it did feel like a Lesnar yeah. squash, and I think the elbow finish definitely was not not the best way to go. Guys, I know that's how we got our name, but is MDL sick of the suplexing? Yeah. Yes. It's, it's, it's just got old. I mean, come on. We, we, we make the suplex gimmick work, but... <laughs> Do we? <laughs> yes, as we're going to demonstrate to you after the show. <laughs> no, 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 David. He has been promised when I get back to my... My Chris Boyd-esque best up front at sevens. He will be getting suplexed when I score. I don't care if he's <laughs> in my team. Yeah, German yeah. suplex, I presume. Can I just quickly, I can like, rebook like, the end of this match, in my opinion, how it should have went? Go for it. Right, like, obviously, you know that Brock Lesnar went and won by technical knockout? I would have still had him win, but by pinfall? Give me a minute to explain my, my fantasy booking for this. <laughs> right? Because this is very carefully planned out after I actually managed to watch it. Um, so, see... 
Like, you could have had, like, so many, like, eventful things, obviously, like, reversing the F5 mid-air. Right. Into right. an RKO would have been outstanding. To catch Lesnar with an RKO, that was like next on my little list, actually, Dave. Yeah, so that would have been fun. Or an F5 through the announce table, like, something, cool. like, spot fest exciting in the match, but, like, yeah. and then, yeah, just that ending, that should never have happened. So... You had that one, Ross, you would have had the elbow to the F5. Elbow, my dear. And then when he gets back up, walks in an F5. Dave, would you have went me up? Or would you have still went with Lesnar? I'd have gone with Lesnar. I think, but just barely. Kwaku, anything you want to add on this? It's a hard one. Well, obviously, no, none of the elbow, no arcade thing. I, see, to be honest, just because of the build-up, I didn't really care who won, to be honest with you. I didn't really like. I didn't really want. Nice. That, I didn't really want, want this to be so. Yeah. Nah, they made it more about brand supremacy. I, it's like, oh, the guy from Raw is better than the guy from SmackDown. I just wanted it to be a good match, good turn and forward. Both go not like a squash. Both people ha- like at least if you're not going to give us a great build up, give us at mm. least a great match. It was Brock Lesnar's third SummerSlam main event in a row as well, and see the one that wasn't 2013. Was Guess who it was? Punk. Punk. CM Punk. Yeah. That was his best one as well. Yeah. Do you know what else got me? Um, so at Survivor Series, the teams for Raw v SmackDown, you could have kept the same except changed Randy Orton for Luke Harper, who was already outside, and then you could have done Randy Brock too. Look, with this finish, that should have went somewhere. And it went absolutely nowhere. I know we had Goldberg Brock at that Survivor Series, but <sighs> we, could, we could have saved that for the abomination that was Roadblock. Well, it was meant to be blooming. What's his face? Shane McMahon against Brock Lesnar. <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm kind of glad that that never happened. I think they, they tried. McMahon would have died that that's day. why Shane got involved as well. I think it was to build the feud up See, between be honest, Shane and Lesnar. That's fine that it didn't go anywhere though, because that's the Brock Lesnar sort of uh, like you know when he attacks Josh Matthews and Michael Cole and Jerry Lawler and JBL and all that. Mm-hmm. He doesn't care who he hurts as long as he gets what he wants. You know, he threw a he threw a car door door (laughs) into the crowd. Oh yeah, I remember that. And then battered (laughs) a car with an axe. So the Shane McMahon thing didn't really need to go anywhere because it's a simple case of you're in my way of getting out this ring. That that could have just been the excuse, like, or you annoy me, I want to hit you. That's Mm -hmm. basically Brock Lesnar gimmick. Or just be like, right, this is uh, it was like creative for just. Relaying the fact that yeah, he was your next opponent. He was just like nah. Yeah, basically. But yeah, but uh, we at least got Shane McMahon AJ Styles, which was a, yes, an right. absolute amazing match. But surprisingly, on <laughs> that one, I think it's time to close the book on our booking card. <laughs> I have to say, I like our SummerSlam better. Our SummerSlam was much better. That is why we have ten thousand lessons. Oh yes. That's why we have 10,000. Join us next week when we'll talk about Kane's role in the card. (laughs) (laughs) It'll be me and Scott for an hour and a half yelling, Kane should have won this match. You and Scott, just Scott. Just Scott the room himself and just be like... Scott could do that for at least two to three hours by himself. Kane is mayor! Well done to Kane, by the way. (laughs) Uh, So yeah, that has been our rebooking of SummerSlam 2016. Now in the coming weeks, we've still got more SummerSlam to come where for some reason we've let Ross host again. Where he'll be previewing this year's SummerSlam cards. Ross is hosting next week. Yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> I've, ha- I've had yes. to pick up the slack in this one, Stevie Boy, so I'll give you a week off. <laughs> it's alright, because it can only go downhill from there. Because then Dave's hosting again. Hey! <laughs> 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 With our family feud show, we're also going to be previewing All In. Yeah. And then next month is where all the really good stuff kicks in. We're going to be talking about CM Punk. Brock Lesnar, we've got a show all all dedicated to trainees and trained wrestlers. So that's a full panel with actual trainees and trained wrestlers. 
And also we're going to get historic again at the end of next month with women, all women's panel show number two. Yes, we're back by popular demand. Can I just actually make a point for David? All In is a wrestling movie. <laughs> <laughs> I know what All like In Cody, is. Like we're organised by Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks. <gasps> Cody Rhodes is facing Nick Aldis. Oh and, uh, Are you actually naming the card as well? Now tell me, oh who's against Stephen Amell? Like, I genuinely uh, Christopher Daniels. Oh, wow. Who's the Fallen Angel who's Christopher from TNA. Holy crap. Oh, my God. See? See? Who's Christopher Daniels' tag team partner? <laughs> me. Me. <laughs> me. Me. AJ Styles? Not anymore. It's Scorpio Sky and Kazarian who... And Quacko will agree with me. Kazarian was my next choice. Quacko will agree with me. Was. The promo they cut in Edinburgh was very accurate when they said, this is by far the worst town we have ever been in. Yep. <laughs> I hate you all. Yeah, because it was, it was a city first of all. See, I thought David would have thought All In was about a poker tournament or some sort. <laughs> but no, uh, it's just a whole member of the Bullet Club just sitting playing poker. So, so if That's you, what it really is. I think that would have been better than SummerSlam 2016 overall. <laughs> so... <laughs> If you've listened to today's show and you think you could book SummerSlam better than us and WWE, please comment on our Facebook, Twitter and Instagram page. We are at Suplex Retweet. If you've enjoyed it, for the, this is your first time listening, we are on Anchor, iTunes, Spotify and all good podcasting sites. Hey! Hey! Both well done, gold star for Steven. You would have thought we would have planned that, but sadly we didn't. <laughs> So yeah, next week, as I say, we will be previewing SummerSlam, but from the team here at Suplex Retreat, I would like to thank my panel first, David Hockney. Thank you. He's now on the property market and has a two-bedroom flat. Hint, hint. <laughs> Ross McLeod, who has very dodgy legs. <laughs> <laughs> After the walk I had to get, do to get here, this is this couch we're on is where I live now. Mm-hmm. I'm going nowhere. I'll see you next week. <laughs> the biscuit provider, Sarah's Grieve, this week. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you for having me. Mm-hmm. Kwaku uh, Aji, if he's been offended by this show, you'll know because the production will be very bad. <laughs> I'm a professional. I mean, I'll I'll cut you out, but I'll leave everyone else normal. See, if you cut me out and keep a good show, that's an achievement. That's a production. I'm the one that always gets cut off anyway. Yeah. yeah. And on Aww. that note... You're doing the cutting. <laughs> and on that note, that's us. So for me, Stephen Wilson, this has been Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet, and we'll see you next week. Cheers, bye. Yo, it's your boy Suge D out here swag surfing in Scotland. And when I'm doing my thing, I like to think I do it in this order. It's eat, sleep, suplex, retweet. Let me run that back for you. It's eat, sleep, suplex, retweet. Remember the order. Listen to the show. Now you know. It's Suge D for the 99 2000